Hello music fans, welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast, where three friends sit around and attempt to introduce you to some cool new albums, and sometimes rediscover some overlooked gems. Today we'll be taking a listen to two albums that are loosely connected, Led Zeppelin's 3 and Beck's Sea Change. But first, let's say hi to Andy and the Dude. What's up, fellas? What it is, everybody. What's up, Sky? What's up, dude? Yo, 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 Welcome yo! To- <laughs> This is the so hip hop podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like getting into a Led Zeppelin. <laughs> well, you did the what it is, so I wanted to, uh, you know, have an urban kind of twist to my introduction. Yo, album nerds raps. Yeah. Oh That's boy, right. that'd be terrible. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right, fellas. So what do we got going today, dude? You want to lead us in? You got it. You got it. (laughs) How does this loose connection thing work? I don't really know. So basically what we do here is uh, one of us fellers picks an album out of our collection that we want to talk about. And then the other, uh, in this case, Andy had to go choose an album that was somehow connected. Sometimes it's because they have the same producer. Other times it could be because they have the same, like the name, the word blue in the title of the album or they're both uh, based on liter- works of literature. So this time, I'm not really 100% sure what the connection is. I kind of do. So I'll let Andy fill, fill us in on how we're connecting this Led Zeppelin and Beck album. Gladly, buddy. Gladly. So Led Zeppelin 3, what is it known for if you guys had to describe that in one sentence? Going back to their roots, probably. Going more, much more acoustic from their heavy pounding. Yeah, heavy pounding aside, um, they did a lot of that backstage. Um, <laughs> 70s, everybody, go watch uh, Almost Famous. Anyway, yeah, uh, the acoustic, you know, at the time, considered the acoustic Led Zeppelin album in contrast to their first two records. Yeah, it was a pretty strong departure from the, the more raucous, rock-orientated one and two. Beck, on the other hand, was kind of known for his sample-based electronic kind of take on an alternative and hip-hop. You know, I remember two turntables and a microphone. Well, in 2002, he put out Sea Change, which was an acoustic kind of breakup record. And it was a, a total total change of pace for him. So when uh, the dude said, that's up in three, I thought Beck Sea Change. Okie dokie. So let's connect those dots. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, the first album is uh, by the dude. So let's th- look at the background of our uh, artist. What, what do you have to tell us? About Led Zeppelin. Guys? All right. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry. I who? Have, I, yeah. I don't have to say too much here, I don't think. English rock band formed in 1968 as the New Yardbirds. They changed their name. Um, the Yardbirds was the band that Jimmy Page had been in before this blues rock outfit. And they officially broke up in 1980. They've had a handful of short reunions over the years. Um, Bonham, J- or Jason, <laughs> John Bonham, the original drummer, the drummer died in 1980, which is, which is the biggest reason that they broke up. So we got Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, and John Bonham. Their heavy guitar-driven sound has led them to be cited as one of the founding fathers of heavy metal, along with other English acts like Black Sabbath. So... Very bluesy, their influences, psychedelia and folk music, maybe, as we might hear in Led Zeppelin III. I've The only recent things I've really heard about them is they're being asked by reporters about the new band Greta Van Fleet, which is uh, 
has a similar Led Zeppelin-y sound. So that's all the news on them lately. Nothing major happening in the Led Zeppelin camp. So, so what made you pick this album though? What's the uh, what, what drew you to it? Well, I've always loved this one because of its interesting nature. The side A, the side B, side A being heavier, side B being kind of uh, folky in a way, in their way. But Thor Ragnarok, I've watched that movie a bunch of times recently, and they brilliantly use Immigrant Song as uh, a song speaking about the war about to go on. Uh, the Ragnarok with Thor and all the superheroes and the giant fights and the grandiosity. And that song has a lot of grandiosity and it got me back on Led Zeppelin three. I've been listening to it a ton the last couple of months. And I also knew that I'd have an ally in Scott. If we talked about Led Zeppelin (laughs) on the show. (laughs) Very good. Let's take a listen. First cut. Oh, can't help but uh, can't help but have pelvic thrusts going on while that song's on. Yes, most of their uh, most of their music will do that. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy, what's your take? Well, I'm going to be the uh, the outlier here. I I really enjoy this record. I think that song sticks out quite a bit. Is not really fitting in with the rest very well. Uh, it sounds like something you would have heard on their first two records. Yeah, it almost seemed like it might have been a leftover that they saved for their third album, huh? Yeah, that's how that's how I always felt about it. And I don't know, growing up, that song was played so much on the radio. God, I was so tired of it by the time I got into my 20s. But uh, yeah, still a good track. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to pick a fight, man? Because I will bring it, sir. I'll yeah, well, bring it hard. That's one of those songs that speaks for itself. It has a, uh, a quite a track record behind it. It's been, uh, you know, the, the longevity is now uh, what is it, about uh, almost fifty years old. So Jeez. and still and still being uh, still being part of everyday radio play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the album was released October fifth, nineteen seventy, in the U.S. And it did represent that kind of maturing of the band's sound, with more emphasis on some different some different sonic avenues. I mean, it's part of their evolution. And I think Immigrant Song, although it was written specifically for this album, they had been in Iceland or something on tour. And the whole Norse mythology thing played into it. I like that there's a heavy... It gives people what they expect, right? They buy a new Led Zeppelin record. They're getting some rock and then they kind of ease them into it. They just go, just like Brent Cobb in the last show. He eased us into his new, you know, little different sound by starting off with a track that sounds like familiar Brent Cobb. And I think that's kind of what they were doing here. Plus, I don't know, man. I mean, you just get psyched. You have a few more rockers after that. And then side B is slow and steady and folky and acoustic and cool and fun. But it still rocks somehow, even uh, without screaming electric guitars. 
Yeah, and then you know, does your other track uh, sample that other side? Oh, of course. Well, let's have a listen. This one is called Gallows Pole. It's uh, based on. It's an adaptation of a traditional folk song. So let's do it. almost forgot to turn it down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one rocks, too. I mean, that's what I love about the, that sound that they do on, on Side B, where they are they have the ability with with Plant's voice to still be wailers, but they've got mandolin and freaking uh, banjo on this track. Right, they don't have the handcuffs on Bonzo, either. Andy? Uh, I, I love the, the more acoustic tracks, personally. Uh, they just blow me away with how well they play together and all the little intricacies going on and, uh, you know, just the back and forth between them is just incredible to hear, especially when it's slowed down. It feels like it's more like at a human pace where you can actually dissect a little bit what's going on. Um, but in like a two or three minute song, they do more than modern bands will do in a whole record. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah, and I yeah. even heard a little bit of the uh, pre-mentioned uh, Greta Van Fleet. You can kind of hear the the, the, the stuff they are uh, emulating, and yeah. yeah. that and, and that track in particular. Oh, absolutely, and and that's. I'm hoping that Greta Van Fleet. I don't want to go off on a tangent. I hope that they're able to uh, evolve a little bit and find some of their own voice as they move forward. I guess they have a new album coming out this year sometime. So, uh, but yeah, this one this one was kind of. Not liked so much at the time, but it's gone down as as a classic. Um, not yeah. probably people's favorite of all the albums, but it's in my top five of of their albums for sure. It's funny. I was thinking that same thing because I'm looking at it going. It was kind of wedged in between two and four, which are monumental pieces of work, right? Based on the history of the of their work. But yeah, I'm even looking at four going. Is four even in their top three albums? Yeah, well, four. Well, when you think of two, Houses of the Holy, Physical Graffiti. I mean, yeah. Four wouldn't be possible without this album, though. I mean, there right. wouldn't there wouldn't be. I mean, four is full of that like heavy songs, and then they've got Stairway to Heaven. So, I mean, they continue with that dichotomy moving forward after this. This was just, a, I think, fans weren't expecting this at the time. Right, agreed. All right, so what's the final word on it, fellas? As we, as we take the, as we get back into the uh, way back machine and visit Led Zeppelin three, listen to all their albums. <laughs> uh, that's you know some of the later ones are not the best but that's all i can say just listen to all of them i listened to like five in a row today and it was heavenly andy yeah you can't you can't go wrong with this era zeppelin um might not be my favorite as you guys were saying but it's definitely in the, the top of their records yeah and it really takes me back to a time when you could listen to the progression of an album, you know, from the first track to the last track, flipping the flipping the vinyl and hearing the the storytelling the whole way through, not just putting a whole bunch of songs on a disc or what, or you know, downloads and not have them relate at all to each other. That's what we all about here at the Album Nerds Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Very good, very good. So, where to listen? Streaming availability, major services, physical media options. Local record store first, though. Buy local when you can. Buy vinyl when you can. Amazon second. 
probably will never be on tour again, but, uh, as, uh, <laughs> as the dude mentioned, maybe some suitable, uh, suitable, uh, so, yeah. Song yeah. remains the same. Go watch some YouTube videos for performances. All right. And then Andy's going to bring us into our next, uh, piece of music. And this is a rel- relatively newer piece, Andy. Is that right? Yeah, this is from 2002. Yeah, fast forward about uh, 30 years or so. Um, from Beck, the uh, moniker of Beck Hansen from Los Angeles, best known for two turntables and a microphone. Where it's at. And, that's right. <laughs> and a uh, loser from like the mid 90s with his, uh, his record Odelay, which uh, was a huge success for him. And kind of catapulted him into stardom. This record is kind of after all that happened. And after a relationship kind of fell apart, he sat down in the studio and kind of spit this record out also fairly quickly. I think it's one of his best. I'm going to jump in here and play one of the tracks in the middle of the record. This is called Lost Cause. Baby, Baby, you're lost. Baby, you're lost. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting. Fighting for the lost So yeah, he's obviously traded in the turntables for an acoustic guitar. This is a super warm record, very intimate sounding. You know, it really sounds like Beck is sitting there in the room with you, kind of spilling his heart out to you. Um, had you guys heard this before? Are you Beck fans? How much better is this than Led Zeppelin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're lucky we're 500 miles apart, bro, Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I I do appreciate Trigger. I do appreciate a ton of Beck's talent. I just uh, I I'm kind of like that sideline Beck fan, you know. It's like I listen to him when it's convenient, but I don't go out of my way. I do appreciate him. I think you know based on the the skill and talent that he brings. But uh, I haven't listened to this album in maybe forever. But it's been like I said, probably a, a solid ten years anyway. Yeah, I mean, I had heard it at the time. Yeah, I mean, at the time I was like, oh, this isn't as annoying because I was not a Beck fan. I I had uh, quite a beef with with uh, Mr. Hansen. Uh, I just the Yellow Gold and or Mellow Gold or whatever the name of the album was with uh, Loser and stuff. It just rubbed me the wrong way all throughout. So I had a hard time ever accepting this. And Andy, you've asked me to listen to this album before a few years back and I did I'm like oh, I don't hate it and then this time you know it feels like a human being like I'm really getting to know this guy and I think that's a big step forward and the simple acoustic you know bury your soul sort of thing works uh, here so definitely would this would probably be the only album I'd listen to of his but you know yeah, yeah, I think that's a, it's a good way to sum it up, man. You really are kind of getting to know him on a, a more intimate level. Um, just give you a little bit of background on how this record came about. Uh, so his previous release in the late 90s was called Midnight Vultures. It was big and loud and sample-based and just like a party record for sure. He went on tour for that for a couple of years. After the tour wrapped up, 
He's found out his fiance was cheating on him, and their relationship fell apart. After was it with years. a member of Led Zeppelin? Because <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome, <laughs> and that's how they tie together. <laughs> oh man, that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> who cheated with who is the? <laughs> It was actually another musician, but uh, I don't think they were in Led Zeppelin. <laughs> but anyway, so he was obviously in a very dark place, you know, heartbroken after that nine-year relationship falls apart and is, you know, be tough on anybody. So he sat down and wrote all these songs in a, in a week's time period. The goal was to try and record one a day. Um, but it ended up taking a little bit longer than that. Still, it was a very, very quick recording process. Uh, usually one or two takes, and these songs are right onto the record. Yeah, I think it's really, that's the way to do a record like this, where you're trying to capture that raw emotion. Uh, you want to kind of do it in the moment when you're still kind of dealing with all these feelings. I loved hearing the side of him. It feels so open, honest, and intimate. Uh, it's obviously very personal for him, but I know for me, I've listened to this a lot of times when I'm dealing with, you know, relationship type stuff, and it relates to me very easily, and I also appreciate like how focused it is, man. The whole record is really consistent start to finish. Uh, it has a very similar tone on every track, and there's some instrumental flourishes and stuff, but it's really just Beck and guitar, which uh, you know I didn't even know he could really do this at the time. So that was cool and definitely increased my respect for him as an artist. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, got to uh, gotta appreciate the ability to explore human condition like that. Oh, were we supposed to do Paper Tiger? <laughs> yeah, let's play uh, one other cut from this record here. This is called Paper Tiger. Um, I love the, the lyrics on this track here. The, the last verse, I'm going to just quickly read it to you here. It's obviously still about his relationship that fell apart. There's one road to the morning. There's one road to the truth. There's one road back to civilization, but there's no road back to you. One kind of cool side note there, this, the string section there was actually arranged by Beck's father, David Campbell. He's also a, a musician of his own, right? Cool. Yeah, so the disappointing thing for me is uh, it, it's weird because this song has no relation at all to Dio, but the title Paper Tiger makes me think of Holy Diver, and then I keep getting that song in my head, and I uh, guess what I'll be listening to after the show, fellas. <laughs> a little more Beck. <laughs> Dio, fool, Dio. Oh, I thought you were going to say Glass Tiger. Oh, Glass Tiger. <laughs> so, Sorry, what, what are we thinking for? <laughs> uh, final words, Andy. Yeah, this is definitely my favorite Beck record, and one of my go-tos if I'm in this type of mood. Um, really solidified Beck for me as as a reputable artist, so definitely recommended for me. Dude? Yeah, I'd say it's... Uh, listenable which is a step forward from the previous records from my point of view my taste like i said i had a beef with old beck but yeah uh 
even if you're not a Beck fan and you just want something mellow and about life and you're having a hard time with a X or something, this is this is uh, like talking to your friend about it. So it's, it's a cool experience. It's just hard for me to say that because of the old beef, but uh, I'm getting old and I got to drop this stuff. So Beck, <laughs> you, you're forgiven. Progress. Progress for the dude. We can move forward. This <laughs> yes. album was about my about my reconciliation with Beck, really. So very good. Very good. No, I agree with you. I think it's a it's kind of situational rock for me. It's kind of like like you said. It's got to be. You got to when you're in that right mood to hear it, and it uh, it's therapeutic in that manner. Save but, it for uh, your sons. They're going to have a lot of breakups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that definitely worth a listen when the, when the time is right. And uh, where you can listen to this is streaming on Spotify, Google Play, and Deezer. Physical media options, touring. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm reading what you wrote, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he always laughs when I would read his notes. I'd read them exactly, and he'd laugh like I was some dimwit because I wasn't. I didn't know what that stuff was. I'm like Deezer. Okay, <laughs> is, is it too hard to type out vinyl CD? <sighs> so touring colors in the U.S. later this summer. Yeah, join us in a couple weeks, everybody. We're talking about. So our favorite new releases from the month of June. In the meantime, where can they find out more about us, buddy? Well, they can go to our website, albumnerds.com. All the listeners out there, you can go to your usual streaming podcast services to uh, subscribe to the show, put up really nice reviews on iTunes for us. That'd be swell. If we get some good reviews, we'll read them on the show. And just make sure to join us over there at albumnerds.com. You can find us on Twitter and uh oh symbol is gone yeah, man symbol's gone all right so you can find yeah. us on twitter <laughs> and instagram <laughs> album nerds no more symbol thanks all right well thanks so much for listening to the show we'll check you next time on the album nerds podcast bye-bye bye-bye scott says bye <laughs>